Welcome to Just for Keeps, the podcast all about goalkeepers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Just for Keeps, the podcast all about goalkeepers. I'm your host, Carter Hawkman, and joining me this week is current Ohio State and Swiss national team ice hockey goaltender, Andrea Brandley. Thanks for coming on, Andrea. Hi. How's everything going? Pretty good, actually. That's fantastic. So we'll jump right into it. Everything, everything. I, I always ask right away on this podcast, what made you want to become a goaltender? What originally drew you to the position? Mm-hmm. Well, it was like, I was like, probably like three years old when I started playing hockey. And the, it was that we like watched the goalie, like me and my family watched the, watched the game of our local like pro hockey team back then. And the goalie basically stole the show like he was the hero of the game. And uh, I saw that and I was so stunned. And I was like, I I want that too. I want to be that like game changer. So I became a goalie because of that. It's so funny that, that that's the reason so many of us become goaltenders and goalkeepers. It's like we and, I, and we get that question all the time. It's like, why would you want to put yourself in the position? It's like, well, I have the chance to be the hero and, and everybody's looking at me. Yeah. That's the best part about being a goalie, right? <laughs> it's it, there's you really can't replicate that feeling. No, yeah. Now, usually on the podcast, there will be a moment where we'll get to someone's collegiate career, and that's where the accolades will start to come in. But the list of what you've been able to accomplish to this point is so long. That's what we're going to start with here. So bear, <laughs> so bear with me. Okay. Also, what I'm about to read for those who are listening is not the full list of what Andrea has been able to accomplish. So if you want to see the full page of her awards and achievements, you can find those on the Ohio State women's hockey roster page. So you played for the Swiss national team in the 2018 Winter Olympics. You were mm-hmm. named the best goaltender of the IHF Ice Hockey U18 Women's World Championship Division One. Yeah. The HCA Goalie of the Year Award finalist in 2021. You joined the, the Swiss Armed Forces Program for Elite Athletes in 2020, making history by becoming the first ever female hockey player to join this program. Mm-hmm. You played in your second Olympics this past winter in Beijing after being named the starter for Team Switzerland in 2021 and just recently won a national championship with Ohio State. Yeah. <laughs> does it, I mean, does it get old hearing those or is it just like it's just a nice ego boost? I mean, I, I never really thought about what I accomplished, I'm being honest. Um, but when, you, when, you, when I hear someone talking about it, it just like, gives me chills and just shows me, oh my God, I actually achieved so much. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually kind of good at this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean tell me, because I don't know, what is, the, what is the Swiss Armed Forces program for elite athletes? Yeah, so that is a program that the Swiss government with the Swiss military started like a couple, I don't even know when that started, probably like a decade or a couple of decades ago. Uh, and it's like built for uh, like pro athletes or athletes that are like on the on the job of becoming a pro. And it's because like in Switzerland, every male, every man has to join the military when they're like when they're of age, basically. Um, so they started that for all pro athletes that can't like basically can't make the time to join the military for like a couple of years, uh, and then just stop practicing because that would basically destroy their career. So the government started that for those, uh, who still want to like play and like pursue a professional hockey or like professional sports career. And it's basically just a program that like, uh, 
for all athletes that they can continue practicing while they're serving in the military uh and they're getting paid for it basically that's incredible and you were the first ever female hockey player to join the program yes so congratulations for that that's amazing thank you so now that we've got all of that established let's get back to your story here for a second so you i mean growing up in zurich how much emphasis i mean you mentioned you started at three how much emphasis was put on hockey versus the other sports that were available to you um well i basically grew up with hockey because my dad was uh, involved in the the local hockey like professional hockey club as like not a ceo but in the in that staff basically in the front office yes and the well he basically introduced us to hockey because like all all our neighbors were hockey players and we grew up with those and the, I that's kind of like path their ways because like my like we don't have a hockey background so my parents don't have one like they never played hockey they just were involved through my dad uh and that's how we got introduced to hockey uh and then my brother started and then of course I started too that's how it goes <laughs> Of course. I mean, one thing that I that deters people from even getting in, into hockey here in the U.S., at least, is the cost of everything and the availability of a rink. Mm-hmm. How accessible of a game is it in Switzerland? Because I just don't know. Well, for me, it was very accessible because we lived like uh, probably like seven or ten minutes away from the rink. So for me personally, it was really accessible. And, you know, like Switzerland is a really small country and there are compared to here and yes there are a lot of hockey rinks there because the size is so small of the country itself so having access to a hockey rink is pretty easy i would say but having access to a good like hockey club with a good like that can provide you with a good foundation to start your career is hard to find i would say because simply the money is not there um because some hockey clubs were not like it's not like here in the u.s that like hockey clubs or like teams are uh, connected to universities yeah it's, it's it's set up completely differently i mean did that did that improve your access or did that just make it was that just a, a separate obstacle it was it was an obstacle because like it was getting hard once i like got into school and got into like you know like the higher levels of school like high school and stuff because it was it was made like it made everything so much harder for me to like pursue both a good like academic career and put enough time into hockey um so I had to basically make a decision for myself do I want to like focus more on hockey at some point or do I want to like have it equally distributed and then just like like slow down my my process and like getting where I am right now um but at the end, I think it was like a really, really good lesson because that like made me get like so much more like discipline because I needed to. Because there was simply no time for me to hang around during the day because I had school basically from from eight to five. And then I had to rush to practice and then practice as good as I can and then rush home and do homework. And that's every day. And that's that. And we'll get into that. But that's pretty much life as a student athlete in college right there your time your time to get your work done or your time to train is 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 it so if you don't get it done you're not going to be able to get anything else done that's true but i would say it's much easier here than compared to back home all right well we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit but i mean i want to get back to the goaltending portion of it uh, for now is 
you know, like, like most goaltenders I know, and even goalkeepers across every sport, just about each and every one of us at one point had dreams of, of playing up front and scoring goals. But, but when did you make the decision that throwing on the pads was where you're going to give yourself the best chance of success? Mm-hmm. Well, actually, it was pretty early. Like, I've never, I don't know, I never felt like I was, like, um, I belonged on the field, like, playing outside of goalie, I think. So it was, like, pretty early, and we had, like, I, I really liked that, how they did it in Switzerland, that um, in the first, like, a couple uh, stages of youth hockey, they, we don't, we didn't have a fixed, like, a, a fixed goaltender. Yeah. So everyone, like, we were, like, rotating through. So er- at least everyone had to be goalie once. Um, and then once I had, it was my turn, I put on the goalie pass, and I, I immediately felt like it was, it was just right. It was like the perfect match, basically. <laughs> and then after that, I, I wanted to go back every every weekend when we had like tournaments or games. And like my, my coach had to like hold me back, basically, because I couldn't do that because like that was just how it was like that. Everyone has it like has a chance to try it out. Yeah. Um, so I, I felt it immediately that I want to be a goaltender. I just had to wait until finally like. Uh, changing my 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 position basically I'll never forget I think I must have been five years old maybe even four years old I remember I was in I think it's preschool at this point not even or just about elementary school and they in in our our gym they had these really cool looking street hockey pads and I was just infatuated with how cool they looked and that was mm-hmm. one of the things that even just drew me and I was just like this looks really cool <laughs> But it does yeah it's awesome it's so cool um and it's still i mean i love even now i love the very the super loud um color pads uh and blockers and and intricate design helmets i think it's in masks it's, it's just it's it's so cool to me but from from a soccer standpoint and comparatively to hockey it's relatively simple to find a goalkeeper coach, find an available field and get a decent, you know, one-on-one training session. How, mm-hmm. how difficult or, or maybe even how not so difficult is it to accomplish the same sort of thing in terms of finding a coach who's reliable, finding ice time and get in a training session? Yeah, um, actually it's, it can be really hard to find a good goalie coach and like the time, like available ice time, um, especially if you're like, like back home especially if you play in like a, a small club they usually don't have uh the access to a goalie coach that comes in regularly um to work with the goalies so it's kind of hard so but i think the the coaches itself like themselves they're trying really hard to to get that knowledge to practice with their goalies because they realize how important goalies are for their team so that has become a, a big thing now that like coaches start to like uh take like lessons or courses in like being a goalie coach. So that that's really good. But when I was uh so my club team, we had we were a pretty big club, like in the in the high sleek back home. So we had access to goalie coaches that came in uh c- kinda often. Like at least twice a week, not even if not even more, depending on the level of youth like hockey we're on, uh, and there are also like accesses to like one-on-one sessions that you pay for with like goalie coaches that you could do, but those are like kind of expensive, so they're not available for everyone. So I think it's like getting more accessible for everyone 
now um that hockey is kind of like taking the next step back home but it was kind of hard back then when I was a little younger that's interesting because it's sort of a similar situation from almost every other sport that I've heard it's like and it's interesting to me because I mean as you and I know we're such a focal point of the team we're so we're so critical but there's so few resources that are dedicated to us in in everyday training yeah sometimes we kind of get forgot forgotten by the coaches <laughs> still now <laughs> it's it, it'll forever be baffling to me but you're right there's people are starting to realize that and more resources are starting to be allocated towards us it's not happening fast enough in my opinion but it's happening yeah at least it's happening so yeah. that's promising and i mean there there are so many different fundamentals obviously that that go into goaltending and i've mentioned this and asked this question to, in other episodes but one of the first things you're taught in soccer goalkeeping is you know a handshake positioning in the net how to dive properly without hurting yourself what are some of the first things you're taught as a hockey goaltender um skating it's all about skating and hockey um so we back home when i started get like going into net i still had to skate like everyone else like the players just like wearing goalie pads so that was i hated it um, but my coach back then, he had an opinion that the goalie has to be the best skater on the ice. And uh, that's why I did everything. And I be- became so good in skating that once I started doing those goalie movements, like the T pushes and the C cuts and everything like that, it, it was just like so easy for me to learn that, that it just became so natural, like right away. And that really helped me in the further steps of like, you know, like looking at the, the, the positioning and everything and learning all that, like uh, more advanced stuff, basically. Uh, and that really like help, helps me now with learning new stuff. So that was the first thing we learned was just skating, skating around all day. <laughs> That's interesting. I mean, what at this point, I mean, you've played at the highest of high levels to this point. What are there? What what else is there for you to learn there that you think you need to work on? Oh, you know, no one is perfect. And I think that as the game is advancing uh, and getting faster and quicker and harder, it's like the goalie has to adjust to that too. And therefore, you can always learn something. Um, because like everyone has their own style and what like could, like, could have worked uh, five years ago is not working anymore. Like the position of your hand, for example. Uh, I've been working on that for the past seven years, probably. It's let me tell you, it's really hard to adjust that. Um, <laughs> to like learn something new, to like learn a new habit, basically. Um, so there's always something you can learn, uh, learn and like uh, change about your your game style. It's true, and it's just a question that I that I had to ask because it's something that I know a lot of people are wondering. It's like, well, you're you're at this level. What else is there to learn? You know. But <laughs> going going backwards a little bit. I mean, so many people at a young age, you know, are playing multiple sports growing up, but you decided at a young, young age that you were, it was just going to be hockey for you. Uh, I mean, do you wish you, you played other sports growing up? Do you think it would have helped or are you happy with, all right, it's just hockey and that's what I'm going to focus on? Well, I actually did try horseback riding for five years. Um, so that was fun just because I loved horses and I really wanted to do that. Um, but I, for me, it was always hockey. Like, I once I had to make the decision if I want to continue uh, horseback riding or if I want to focus only on hockey, it was an easy decision because hockey was like became like 
such a big part of my everyday life that I felt I can't do my life without without it. That's that's completely fair. Um, and I mean, in terms of horses, horses. This is, this is a whole other podcast episode, but horses are terrifying and they do not like me. But um, my sister rode horses for, for years and she still does. She has two or three at this point. Um, but And so I, I've always been around them and they will be forever fascinating and forever terrifying to me. But <laughs> at, what, at what age did you start getting looks from the national programs? And, and, and how does that all work when they tell you, hey, we need you to come represent Switzerland? Yeah, well, we have that system in Switzerland that first, like, the the national teams are not, like, nationally. They're more, like, uh, regional-based. So under 13 and 14, I was uh, part of the boys' regional um, team, basically. Um, so that was, like, the first step, step into, like, that national team programs because it was still, like, a part of the national team. Um, and then... The first actual national team was the under 15 women's national team where I was like the first one or like the first time I was like wearing the Swiss Swiss jersey internationally. And that was just such an honor. Uh, it was unbelievable for me to wear that jersey. And I I wanted more from that. So since then, since like under 15, I've been in the national team every year. Wow. I mean, 15 years old, I was... I think making my first start in junior varsity in high school. <laughs> I was not getting too many looks from the U S national team as much as I, I thought I deserved it. But in, in the midst of all of this, you know, you're starting to play with the national team programs. How did you decide that you knew you wanted to play in college in the United States? Yeah. I mean, that started pretty early. Um, once I got a little older, of course, because I, uh, came into the age of like having to look for like options of what I want to do basically after high school and I it was kind of always my dream like a dream I had of like playing in the U.S. but I felt it was like unreachable for me like I couldn't do that just because like I didn't know how to like go there like just like should I approach co- co- like colleges or do they approach me I, d- I had no idea so I had when I had the first like top division under 18 worlds uh, in, when was that? I think in 215 or something like that. I, uh, after the, the worlds, I got emails from coaches, from college coaches telling me to come. And uh, since then, like uh, I wasn't ready back then. So I told everyone like, I can't come now because I was doing, I still fin- was still finishing school. But since then, I had had it in mind. I wanna, I wanna do that, and I felt like I can actually achieve it. So, then when in two eighteen, uh, Ohio State called, I was like, yes, I wanna do it. So it was like a, a quick decision for me to come here. Uh, it's so simple. I wish it was that easy for me. But from from my understanding, recruiting for for hockey works very differently from other sports in that you can be recruited at a much earlier age. If if I'm understanding that correctly, mm-hmm. yes. I mean, how, I mean, how old were you when you were starting getting emails from coaches? I was um, 17, I think. So it wasn't I, that that young because of the Europe, how the European system works. So oh, I was like 17. But I know that like here in the US, like coaches can like talk to 
I don't know the specifics, but it's like it's like kind of kind of early. Yeah, it's kind of early that they can talk to 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 ch- children, basically. Yeah, <laughs> it's such an insane concept to me. But I mean, for soccer, at least in uh, in 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 men's soccer, they're not allowed to talk to you until I think it's halfway through your junior year of high school. Oh, okay. Um, or it's or, or just the beginning of your junior year in high school. Either one. It's it's a it's a very rushed seemingly uh way to recruit people but that's a whole other story yeah (laughs) i mean what's what's something you weren't aware of in terms of how the recruitment process works and what i mean you said it was a quick decision but what was aside from all of that what was the easiest portion of it all for you um i don't think there was an easy portion of the whole process it was so like overwhelming confusing with every like form i had to fill out and the visa process and it's just like it was so much <laughs> so i'm glad i i was able to go through that all honestly so i mean you mentioned like i said you mentioned it was an easy decision and quick decision but how did you land at ohio state i mean was it just they reached out to you and you loved the school right away or were you considering other places that had also contacted you or what anyway how did that work for you yeah i did have other places but uh I came here for an official visit um, after the Olympics, or well, I think it was in May 2018. And then I was like, um, I visit here, stepped on campus, and I immediately felt like, yeah, that's the place I want to go because I fell in love with the campus. Um, so it was, after all, a quick decision uh, for Ohio State. That's 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 awesome. I it's it's so nice when you're when you're able to visit and just and just have that feeling. Yep, this is the place. Yeah, it was it made everything so much easier. So it's rare for a freshman. You're at Ohio State at this point. It's it's rare for a freshman goaltender to start a lot of games right away. But mm-hmm. you ended up making 28 starts and had a winning record of 16, 10 and two. I can't imagine being thrust into that position. I mean, I, I, I know it's what we all want as players is to play right away, but mm-hmm. truly not everyone is physically or even mentally prepared to succeed at that point at the college level so quickly. How were you able to mentally prepare and also physically adjust to the speed of play? Because, you know, these women are they're skating faster, they're passing with more purpose, and they're shooting harder and more accurately at this point. Yeah, um, I think what helped me a lot with getting through all of this is that I – was kind of older than the rest. Like I was an old freshman. I was 21 at that time. Um, so that helped me a lot because it, I had the experience of being a starting goalie so many times back home, even in like the highest like pro like youth levels with the men. I played with the boys all the way through the college basically. And then I was I was already at the, at one Olympics. And yes, I didn't play back then. But that like gave me that confidence so that yes, I am worth of being a starting goalie and I basically have to be a starting goalie because I'm so good. Um I know that kinda of sounds like a little arrogant, but No, that's brag about how... yourself. This is what yeah. we're here to do. <laughs> so that's that's how that would help me a lot. And then I was like in that like two eighteen or like my first freshman year, I was like on the peak of my physical health basically and that rapidly dropped after that let me tell you it's like now oh, it's just every, need, everything hurts right now you don't need to tell me i'm still in pain and i graduated three years ago yeah so so that's that helped me a lot of getting through playing every weekend and i just like loved it i loved it so much yeah 
No, I mean, the mental health aspect of college sports is under such a spotlight right now, which is long overdue. Mm-hmm. But I have to ask how you were able to handle all that pressure mentally right away. I mean, you mentioned that you were already sort of physically, you were physically at your peak. But how were you able to mentally handle that pressure as a freshman being tasked with so much already? Yeah, that was, uh, so at some points, that was like a struggle um, just because it was so much. And I, especially because I had to adjust to a whole new environment and I, it was the first time I was away from home, like home, like actually away from home, like on a whole different continent. Um, and that, I think it was like hard to adjust to that. But what helped me, I've always been like uh, pretty good in like controlling my emotions and uh, keeping myself calm in situations where I felt everything is overwhelming me. So that helped a lot. Uh, and again, I think what helped me a lot is what that I was like older um at that point because that um I feel like when I wasn't would have been in that situation like a couple years ago like I don't know at age 18 I don't know if I could have handled it because it was it was a lot and the other thing what helped me that we had a really nice goalie coach halfway through um that like through the season and he helped me focusing on what is important and not um getting distracted by everything um, so that helped me a lot of staying focused on myself and not like getting like breaking down under the pressure, basically. I mean, do you have any advice for those international players? It doesn't even have to just be goaltenders at this point. But I mean, there are because there are those players that come over to the U.S. to play in college and they're 18 years old. And, you know, they're, they're you, like you said, they're on a completely other continent. Do you have any advice for them about handling that pressure and handling that stress in a completely new environment? Yeah, I think what's most important is just like focus on what you can control and don't try to worry too much about things you can't control, uh, like decisions from your coaches, like behaviors from others or how others think about you. Um, I think that's uh, a big thing I learned throughout my four years here, uh, especially during COVID, of course. But I think it's such an important habit to have that not like you don't have to worry about everything because that's what like makes you stress out about everything and that's what like brings you to the point like I can, like to the point that you can't do anymore like that you're just like mentally drained um so that's an advice I would give to all the international players especially throughout the process of like getting here that's the that was the worst that I was worrying about everything else uh like visas and everything and I just couldn't control that um, so yeah, that's one thing I would give as an advice to, to all the young athletes coming in, not only from Europe, but also from America. That's just like, focus on what you can control and don't worry too much about what you can't control. That's, that's great advice. I mean, it's such a prevalent topic, mental health, and especially surrounding us as goalkeepers. It's a question that I get and, and got all the time. Like, you know, why would you put all that pressure on yourself? Or what's it like being the focus of all the criticism when you lose or let up a bad goal? You know, you know the classics. But mm-hmm. For a goaltender who's been on the national and an international stage playing in an NCAA national championship game and in two Olympics representing your country, what are the best strategies for handling such a seemingly massive, massive amount of pressure? I mean, there's focusing on things you could control, but when in, on an international stage and, and especially on a national stage here in the United States, there's so much focus on you in those moments. How do you handle that pressure? Um, it was it, It's really easy to handle that here 
in the US personally because I never had like I never really failed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I never had that like bad like news about me because it was because of me that we lost. So that was really easy, but it was hard at the Olympics itself because I we were well we we played in the group with Canada, US. We got like well we lost those games kind of bad <laughs> um and that was the first time in my life that I got like messages through Instagram and Facebook telling me how bad I am um from people I I didn't know like I didn't know who those guys were they weren't following me I wasn't following them so there were completely strangers telling me that I suck at hockey and I should stop and that was that was hard um, I did cry a little bit after receiving messages like that because I just I don't I didn't know how to handle it. Um, so my mom uh, gave me really good advices about that, and she was like, "You know what? You know, um, getting those messages just shows that you achieved so much because you're getting the attention, and those guys are just jealous that you are here and they're not." And they will never achieve something like that. So be proud of yourself and have the head up high because like that just shows that you made it, that people are texting you that. And that just helped me a lot um, dealing with that pressure and that negativity throughout the Olympics and just like rising above it and getting stronger from it. Moms really do have the best advice, don't they? They do every day. (laughs) Listen to your mother's kids. Yeah, you have to. So how do you even just get ready mentally for the Olympics? I mean, there's so much anticipation building up. You know, it's a four year wait. It would drive me insane. Um, it's it's pure excitement and joy. Uh, of course, you're nervous um, because you don't know, like, you know, you have to perform really good, especially like going into like a tournament that, you know, you're going to play and you're going to be you have to be a key role. But I always love that about being a goalie, you know. That was the reason why I became a goalie. And I, yes, I was nervous. And yes, I was uh, afraid and, well, like horrified of like the idea of like failing. But that's just a part of the game. And uh, being a goalie, especially because like one mistake and it's a goal, basically. Uh, But I, I really love that. So mentally, I was preparing to not to fail or having that idea in head to fail, but more to do my best every day to be the best version of myself every single day. Um, and that's how I mentally prepared for, for the Olympics. I'll use that advice the next time I'm getting ready for an Olympic event, but <laughs> what would you say are some of the more challenging things that goaltenders have to deal with either on the ice and games, or even just in practice that fans in the stands might not realize or be able to comprehend? Yeah, I think it's that notion of one, one, like move or one bad move or wrong move and it's a goal I think that's like most people forget about that and think oh goalie like playing goal is so easy because they're not running around they're not skating around they're just standing there and so like so many people don't know how how hard it is to be a goalie because you have to stay focused throughout the whole entire game um so yeah, that's that's what like every time when I talk with people, they're like, "Oh, goalies! Oh, isn't that really easy because you're not doing anything?" And I'm like, "No, that's just not how it is." <laughs> <laughs> that sort of leads into my next question, which is, I mean, what's something that people think is an easy skill 
for for goaltenders, but actually takes a, a lot more goes into it. Yeah, it's like so much more complicated because, of course, like, yes, we're just standing around, but our movements are so different to everyone else. And some like usually when you're like like having lifts or like workouts off the ice, we're not doing different things than everyone else. You know, so we're usually doing the same that's that the that the players are doing, and it's not working good. Like it's not it's not good for us because we have totally different movements. So it's basically every goalie plays a different sport than the players do. It's 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 true. I mean, it's it, I always used to tell people I, I wasn't a soccer player; I was a goalkeeper. Yeah, no, that's correct. Yeah. Is there something that as a goaltender you do during games or practices that if you tried to explain it to somebody else, they just wouldn't understand? Like for me during games, if the ball was on the other side of the field and there was no use in me talking to my defenders or directing them around, I would just sort of have out loud conversations with myself just to keep my brain active and almost do a live play by play of what was happening on the other end. Yeah, I mean, I'm say I was I'm usually singing when no one is around. <laughs> do you have a go to song? <laughs> yeah, usually like. No, I just like some sometimes just songs get stuck in my head that are played throughout, like when there's a whistle. Yeah. <laughs> so I usually just keep singing that. Is there a song that you wish would come on so you could just jam along to it? Not really. I usually have a really good mood when I play, so I don't care about what song is on. At least there is a song. <laughs> That's interesting. I've never I've never heard of that before. <laughs> yeah, I honestly like it would be fun to have like a microphone in my helmet. I oh, you want to be mic'd up that. for a game? Yeah, that would be so funny to hear me singing every every single like minute of the game when I'm not in action. <laughs> well, I mean, Ohio State Athletics and, and, and the Swiss national team, if you're listening, we need to get Andrea mic'd up. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I mean, I got to ask, I mean, what's what's next for you on your hockey journey after Ohio State? I mean, have you thought about that at all? Um, yeah, actually, I just uh, decided yesterday what I want to do, honestly. Um, so I will be, because of COVID, everyone got like an additional year of eligibility in yeah. college. So I decided to transfer to another school here in US to pursue a master's degree. Um, and just to get some like change of scenery, you know, sometimes it's good to have a new um, a new challenge in your life. And that's what I want to do. Well, congratulations. That's a huge step. And I'm sure you're going to, I can almost guarantee that you're going to succeed where, wherever you head next. I will try for sure. <laughs> well, Andrea, thank you so much for taking the time and hopping on a podcast today. It was really, it was really a blast. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This has been guys, this has been another episode of Just for Keeps, the podcast all about goalkeepers. Thank you very much again to Andrea Brandley for coming on. I have been your host, Carter Hockman. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Just for Keeps.